0: coffee and devotions this thursday morning july 9th this is where every weekday morning at 9 a.m and on the weekends before my kids wake up you and i we get together have a little bit of coffee get in god's word grow in our love for the lord together and this year 2020 we'll make it through all the gospels well this morning we are at mark chapter 12 mark chapter 12 beginning at verse 13 and we'll work our way down to verse 27 why don't we go ahead and have some coffee we'll pray and get into god's word Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 27. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Father, for the great blessing it is to come to your word each morning. We thank you, Father, for feeding our souls, for enriching our lives, for showing us who you are and who we are remade to be in your light. Father, let us understand your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, real quick, before we do anything further, if I could ask you, real quick, can you just type in the comments, if you've made it this far past the prayer, can you just type the word watching? Just one word, watching. It'll help me understand how many people are watching. So anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the text this morning. Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 13. Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is in it is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's, that are God's. And they marveled at him. Then some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him, and they asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife behind and leaves no children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and dying, he left no offspring. And the second took her, and he died. Nor did he leave any offspring, and the third wife lies. So the seven had her, and left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife will she be? For all seven had her as a wife. Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken, because you do not know the scriptures, nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But concerning the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the burning bush passage, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. Well, we have two passages today, both of which are people trying to dupe Jesus, people trying to trick Jesus. And so, as we look at these words this morning, as we get into this, what we, we need to ask ourselves, what are they doing, and what is this passage about? So, A, what is this passage about? So, the first story we have, verse 13 through 17 is the Herodians, ooh, the Herodians, this is a ruling class of people, right? They're, they're Herod is Caesar's king. Caesar put Herod on the throne and gave him the title king of the Jews, and so they've, they, they try to trick him up. Right? Should we pay taxes? Now, Benjamin Franklin is famous for saying, and this isn't something I normally wouldn't be quoting Benjamin Franklin, but he was full of Proverbs, and one of his famous Proverbs was, two things in life are guaranteed, death and taxes. And Jesus doesn't give him a loophole here, right? What does he do? He, he says, hey, go, go get me a denarius, right? Go get me a coin. And so they bring a coin to him, and he looks at the coin, and he says, who's... Whose picture is this? And whose inscription is this? And Well, Caesar's. And what does Jesus say? Pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but unto God what is God's. And Jesus recognizes right away that it is God who is authority over all, but God has also, in the language of the reformers, has, has put civil magistrates as well. And so we have a due obligation both in Romans 13 and in the fifth commandment, to respect those in authority over us. And so we need to pay our taxes, right? So uh, maybe for some of you, you took advantage of that tax extension in July and you're dragging your feet. Well, I understand we pay our quarterly taxes and it is rough. Pay your taxes unto Caesar, what is his, but give unto God the service and what is due unto him. Right? And they're, they're amazed by this. They, this was like, whoa, where'd this guy get this type of wisdom? They're shocked by him. But the, the Sadducees in this next section, they come up and they want, to, they want to trip him up too. And the Sadducees pose a hypothetical scenario to him. Right? The, the, who are the Sadducees? The Sadducees are the type of people, they're not the type of people, they were the class of people who controlled the temple but they didn't actually believe in the resurrection, and so they don't believe in the resurrection, yet they come to Jesus with a question about the resurrection. They're obviously trying to trip him up. They're trying to pick a fight, trying to see if he even will see what they think is the ridiculousness of the resurrection, and so they bring this situation to him. They say, well, in the book of Moses, so they're talking about the Torah here, they say "You know, there, there was one man, he had a wife, but he doesn't have any kids. And so, according to the law, there was something called Levite marriage. That means you would give your your wife would then go and be married to your brother, and he would produce offspring for his older brother who died. Well, the hypothetical scenario is that uh, this woman, sadly, went through seven husbands without any children, barren, All the way to the end and finally she dies and they say at the resurrection whose husband is she going to be or whose wife is she going to be right They're they're asking this with a sneer they're talking tongue-in-cheek this isn't a genuine question for them they're trying to catch up Jesus they're trying to see if how he's going to defend the resurrection what they're really hoping is that they've they've duped him but what does Jesus say you don't even know the scriptures These are the priests, and he's saying, you don't don't know the word of God, nor the power of God. But what did God say to Moses? What did the God who gave that law to Moses say? I am the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob. So God is not the God of the dead, but God of the living. Therefore you are greatly mistaken, They don't understand the resurrection. They don't understand the dead. They don't understand what God is doing and will do on that last great day when he raises the dead and he judges both the wicked and the just. So we need to ask ourselves, what are these two sections about? Well, in the first section, I would say the Pharisees and the Herodians try to trip up Jesus about taxes. The second section I would probably write in the margin of my Bible something like the Sadducees tried to trip up Jesus with the resurrection. But you could write something different. What would you write in the margin of your Bible for A, what is this about? Then we need to ask ourselves, B, what's the best verse to summarize these two sections? So in my Bible, uh, I am going to underline verse 16, or sorry, verse 17, Render unto Caesars what is Caesar's, and unto God what is the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And then likewise, I'm going to underline this last section here, verses 26 and 27. I think those verses best summarize that section. So now we have to ask ourselves, finally, See, what are we called to do in response to this? What are we called to do in response to this? This is where we take it out of what it says into what is the significance, what does it mean for our lives. Well, the first we've already hinted at, right? we have a due obedience to the civil magistrate, to the kings, to the rulers of this world. Right? There are governors over us, and, and as long as the laws are just, we must obey. If they demand taxes, we must pay our taxes, even though every fiber within me doesn't like that. Uh, But this isn't about taxes as it is about obedience and proper authority, but most of all, God, who has the authority over all of it. So how would that apply to your life? Do you need to write out your IRS check? Let me ask you, have you been giving due obedience to God? Have you been serving him in the ways that you know that he has called you to serve him? Have you served the Lord with a gracious heart? Have you served the Lord with your body? I've been memorizing Romans chapter 12, right? In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, uh, Therefore, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and, and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Are you offering up your own body unto the Lord? Are you serving him with every bit of yourself? Well, and then I'm going to encourage you that the last part, we should be called to hope in the resurrection, right? We are not those who mourn without hope, but we know that one day, we will live. We know that our Redeemer lives. We know that Jesus Christ rose up from the dead and he is the firstfruits of the resurrection. And in his resurrection, we are made righteous. He was put to death for our sins, but raised for our justification. And one day, one day he is going to raise up again and we are going to see him in his glory. And we are going to live with him forever because he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Thank the Lord for that today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for the hope of the resurrection. We thank you, Father, that we have such immeasurable joy because of the work of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you would let us serve you with all of our hearts. Please, Lord, care for us this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, may God bless you today and fill your heart with peace and hope. Bye.